you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on uh, on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast, Landon, what's going on, sir? Here we are, uh, the the first podcast of the off season officially, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's, yep. it's 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 we've officially switched gears. So uh, I'm excited. You know, I mean, it was a disappointing season, and I feel like a lot of our inclination was to try to talk about next season for a lot of this year. So it's it's kind of nice to at least be all eyes looking forward now and looking to move on and seeing you know what what's next. What's you know how is this team going to look next year? Who's leading this team, and, and, and how? How? What's the direction that we're going in? Yeah, we are officially in the off season, but that doesn't mean uh, we're not going to have news, right? We're going to have the Senior Bowl coming yeah. up here in what two weeks, uh, and then we've got combine and free agency and trades and the draft. I mean, it's just going to be crazy over the next couple months. Uh, but Landon, we need to start with some coaching news, and I want to start with something that we teased on yesterday's show, and that is Kellen Moore. Uh, over the weekend, the Cowboys signed Kellen Moore to a three-year extension. His contract was up at the end of the year uh, to remain as their offensive coordinator. At least we think that's the, <laughs> the that's the deal, right? Uh, so what was your initial reaction when you heard that the Cowboys did lock up Kellen Moore, who had a lot of interest from Boise State about taking that head coaching job? Yeah, I mean, I, I was just going to say we, we weren't the only ones who were teasing. Uh, it sounds hmm. like there was quite a bit of talk between Kellen Moore and Boise State. Uh, obviously, you know, as soon as the job came up, I think Kellen Moore was a natural name to come up as top of the list because of his obvious history there and 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 you Mm -hmm. know obviously his rise in coaching ranks and you know i i think he's a young coach still i mean he's he's very young like you know he's 33 years old and and that's really really young to be an offensive coordinator it's really really young to be a head coach and you know the other thing about it too is is it's a it's a completely different kind of job. You know I think oh, that, 100%. I, I think that's the thing that people don't you know understand or respect enough is a large portion of the college football job is about recruiting, and that's about yes. traveling and getting out and and being away even in the off season. I mean it's it's a real grind in the college football season uh, for in the college football off season for the coaches just because it they, has less to do with actual football than what the NFL is. Absolutely, right? it's more about how good you are in the room you know how good you are with talking mm-hmm. to these kids parents and convincing them to come to your school and that sort of thing so it's a it's a completely different kind of skill set i mean not only would he be trading you know a, a, a job title from offensive coordinator to to head coach but head coach in college which he doesn't have any experience on that side of you know the the room and so i i just think it was it's, it's a tall order but at the same time it sounds like they got really close. And in fact, you know, according to a little nugget that was dropped by Troy Aikman during the broadcast, 
it sounds like he had actually accepted the offer with Boise mm-hmm. State, and then uh, you know Jerry made him an offer that he can't refuse, like he does. Which is crazy because it wasn't it just a couple of days ago Jerry Jones was saying, "Hey, if you get a chance to go be a head coach, go be a head coach." Well, it seems like his tune changed uh, a couple of days later. Then, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think what, what Jerry says and what he means are you know obviously very divergent <laughs> at times. So I I, true. I think you know he I think he was encouraging. Kellen to go get the interview, uh, but I, I don't think that meant that he was not going to let him leave without you know driving a hard bargain to make him stay. Sure, sure. Um, so let's talk about this because I do think this is really interesting. Um, we've actually seen something like this play out before in Dallas, right? Yep. Where the Cowboys hired Jason Garrett before they hired Wade Phillips, and they kind of paired the two together. Kellen Moore was under contract uh, last year before the Cowboys. Uh, brought in Mike McCarthy. And while it, it sounds like McCarthy really did like Kellen Moore and he wanted to retain him, you do wonder a little bit, Landon, like, did they tell McCarthy, hey, if you take this job, you're going to have Kellen Moore as your offensive coordinator? That's At least that's the way it's always appeared to me. So does this set up as McCar- or excuse me, Kellen Moore being McCarthy's successor? I mean, it, it feels that way. I mean, it, it just it, and it probably feels that way a lot because of what has happened in the past. You know, of, of what, is that a good way to build a coaching staff, though? I, I you know, I, I think the, the the way that it was done with Jason Garrett, probably not. But we actually hmm. don't know. We actually don't know how this all went down with Kellen Moore because there is there is some reason to believe that he you know, genuinely liked Kellen Moore coming in. You know, I I think he was more than willing to give up play calling, which, you know, uh, is something he hasn't ever done before in his history. And I think when you're talking about, you know, creating stability for your own coaching career, uh, you know, that was one of the things that first things McCarthy did once, once they started having struggles in green Bay was take back play calling once he had given it away. So um, I think that the fact that he, you know, the, the talk we had heard about how he feels about Kellen Moore uh, coming into the job uh, and, you know, look, I think that they, they obviously had a lot of success. I mean, you can say what you want about the way that the Cowboys offense was. I mean, it, you know, I think they finished somewhere between 17 or you know, the 17th. Yeah. Yep, just, I, lo- I looked it up just before we came on the show. Yeah. yeah finished 17th and they actually finished as like a top 12 offense over the second half of the season so pretty good i mean all things considered pretty good for with four quarterbacks and you know uh, offensive line injuries that that obviously defy belief Mm -hmm. to only to everyone except for maybe the eagles uh you know and i I think that uh, i think for the cowboys this was actually a really good year for the offensive play calling. I think that there was a lot of creativity. I think there was a lot of things that you saw that you liked. And I think that, you know, look, despite what happened early on in the season before Dak got hurt, not a lot of that was on play calling, you know, not a lot of that was bad play calling or, or, you know, ultimately uh, a terrible design or, or, or just, you know, a bad script. I mean, a, a lot of it had to do with, dumb luck uh, you know injuries uh you know fumbles and 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 and, and, and you know bounce bounce of the ball kind of luck thing so i i you know i i could understand jerry's uh uh real desire to kind of go after kellen moore and not just accept the idea that he's going to walk away to boise state and and if that means offering him uh uh the job for you know the future um 
you know, I think it was all on the table. And, and honestly, I, I don't know that McCarthy, you know, I, I think you sell it to McCarthy as, look, this is a guy that we both want. And if if you win a couple Super Bowls from now, you're going to be retired. So you don't have to worry about it anyway. Yeah. Right? So it, it, I think right. that's I think that's ultimately, you know, the way that they're able to spin it. Uh, you know, I certainly agree with your point that maybe hiring offensive coordinator before your head coach isn't the isn't the best idea. But you know, even with Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett, that worked out for a while. You know that wasn't necessarily an issue, sure. and, yeah. and and I think that you you say what you want about Jason Garrett as the head as a head coach. It, it, it didn't. I don't think that was the issue with with ultimately what happened. Jason Garrett. He was the head coach, and they did pretty well for a while. And then before things turned south, and I, and I don't know that the the methodology in which they you know were the job was handed over was so terrible. You know, I, I think Jason Garrett took sure. that team over and, and did good things the next year after letting go of Wade Phillips. I I just think that Jerry Jones is so scarred from what happened with. Sean Payton right early on in the 2000s where this was this really young up and coming hot offensive mind uh, that he you know allowed to go to New Orleans and then Bill Parcells retired on him yeah. the next year right and that's not the only example Chan right? Gailey one is- I think I mean, that's the one that to me that, that I think he, it's the opposite of the thing I think that's I think that's the one that's haunted him in some ways where he felt like he fired him too early and that's why sure. you know so I think that there's there are other situations of, of guys where he really liked them, and then he felt like they got away from him, and then they went off and did great things. I think Zimmer probably is another guy. That's that's exactly what I was going to say, Mike Zimmer, and to a to a lesser degree, but I think you're starting to see it. You know, in the last couple of years, is like Matt Eberflus, yeah, right? That's totally. a really really good coach that that they let leave, and look how much success uh, he's having now with the Colts. Now he's getting interviews, and we talk about this all the time, Landon. If you have one of these hot young offensive minds that can scheme up things and improve your quarterback play even by just a few percentages they're worth holding on to and I think Mike McCarthy can do that and I think Kellen Moore can so if the Cowboys can at least hold on to these guys for another year let's reevaluate this in 2022 I just think by by every measure this is a smart move for the Cowboys so uh, good on the Cowboys by hiring Kellen Moore or getting him back for three more years we know those coaching contracts are always a little funky. They're, it's a three-year deal, but it's not really a three-year deal. You know what I mean? If yeah. somebody comes along and uh, wants to make him a head coach in the NFL, there's not much the Cowboys can do to say, hey, you're under contract. You can't leave. doesn't really happen in the NFL. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about uh, the some of the stuff on defense. Just wanted to take a quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online. We've got some big college football games coming up with the college football playoffs. We got the NFL playoffs. Uh, we've just got a lot of sports going on right now, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust with our bets, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKED ON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sports books experts i also wanted to tell you about our good friends at rock auto it's been a while since we've talked about rock auto but rock auto is a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or your daily driver get everything 
everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, I want to talk about Mike Nolan, uh, the Cowboys' current defensive coordinator. And I use the word current because I have no idea uh, how much longer he's going to be filling in that role. We but, should almost timestamp uh, this at this point because God only yeah, knows yeah, yeah. If, if, that's gonna, if it's going to happen that well, soon. Mo- Monday night right after The Bachelor. Or that's how we're going to timestamp this. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's the, the, the line. That's how we're marking things is pre- yes. and post-Bachelor. Yeah, exactly. Uh Mike Nolan, really bad in the first half of the season. I mean, we kind of expected that. We talked about this all offseason long without a training camp, uh, with uh, without preseason, with a limited training camp, with you know all these Zoom meetings and no actual work on the field. We knew it was going to take a while before the Cowboys' defense looked competent. And boy, did it take a while. But in the second half of the season, they looked better. And Demarcus Lawrence had an interesting comment today that uh, Mike Nolan looked himself in the mirror halfway through the season. And maybe by mirror, he meant Jerry Jones. And it was saying how he changed his scheme and allowed some of these guys to play faster and looser. Would you like to see the Cowboys bring back Mike Nolan? Or are you good with them moving on? I'm probably somewhere in the middle. You know, I, I think that I, I'm not I'm not kicking him out the door. You know, I, I, I again and I think I've been pretty consistent on my feelings about this is that I, I think that this is a terrible sample size for trying to measure how your coaching did. And especially with, you know, him, him being in a, in a new administration, teaching a new defense that's, uh, you know, going f- specifically again from a one gap to more of a, you know, a two gap principle defense that on the defensive line. And not having the the horses to run it on top of that, you know, and then on and then add in the fact that they don't have the opportunities, like you said, to to really teach it. It was there is a lot of legitimate excuse there if you're actually trying to do an evaluation on how your coach did. Having said that, there is also the element of, you know, like I said, bridges being burned and, 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 and die wool being dyed, you know, and I think that. The interesting thing to me about Demarcus Lawrence's co- uh, comments is that it they seemed like you know a guy who actually genuinely uh, uh, respected the fact that Nolan was able to make a change, you know, and that was able sure. to kind of sure. change stream changes uh, techniques to get to to get something to something a little bit more comfortable with the, the personnel that they had on this team. So I, I I think that you know I would I guess now at this point I I wouldn't be surprised if he came back i wouldn't be thrilled i guess but i'm also not you know i'm not like i said i'm not trying to kick him out of the door because i think for all the reasons that you said ultimately by the end of the year it felt like it was more of a function of a lack of players to play in this defense the way they need to and not so much a uh, a mismanagement 
of the play calling or, or the schemes. You know, it felt more mm-hmm. like they were just overpowered at certain positions that, that certain key positions like defensive tackle. And, and they were. There's no doubt about it. They just didn't have the guys. They Again, had two they guys. They were playing guys. They had two guys. Say, that we they didn't played a guy know. named Palomore the other day. Yeah, I'd like, never heard of before. I mean, it's totally ridiculous. So I, I think through the lens of that, it's it's easy to squint and 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 look at what happened and say uh you know what this is a total anomaly and it's not even really a good evaluation of whether nolan is a good defensive coordinator or not i mean you know you could also make the argument that he's got tons of years of of, and and that's what i was going to get to yeah there's been a lot of a lot of seasons where he just hasn't been good so that's is he is he the reason why your defense is going to be great or can your defense have enough talent where he's okay? And that's kind of the question I'm coming back to is like, does he improve anything on this defense or is it just kind of status quo with him? I, I think he can do some things to, you know, make this defense better, you know, like to, you know, is to actually promote the defensive talent and, 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 you know, call a correct and elevate game. Him, yeah. Uh, you know, look, I, I'm still eyeballing any, hot defensive coordinator that becomes available, whether it's a, well, uh, I've got, I've got some names. Can we go through a couple of names? Okay. So, so, so here's some guys that at least I've just thought of, and there's probably a lot of these guys aren't actually, you know, guys that Dallas would consider, but are available. Uh, Let's start with Gus Bradley, who was with the chargers this year. Uh, We know him from his days in Seattle. He was with the head coach of Jacksonville, really a cover three guy. Is that something you're interested in? I, I feel like, you know, Speaking of burning the bridges, we have to burn the boats on the cover three thing. It's it's just my opinion, though. I think yeah. the defense the defenses nowadays they're moving more to uh, you know middle of the field open coverages, you know, and and more two man two man based or you know quarters based match coverage. I, I I would like to see somebody with a little bit more complicated coverage schemes and I, and I think that's why I was a little bit excited about you know changing it up this year with Nolan is but I mean not, that none of that got taught in in an off, a shortened off season so we'll see so so probably out on Gus Bradley uh how about Matt Patricia fired by the Lions I never thought he was a great defensive coordinator yeah. even in New England uh, I'm probably out on that one what about you I mean, unless Belichick's coming with them no I'm, I'm good <laughs> well maybe we, let's get Steve Belichick hey no no I uh, he, he's not coming either uh, what about Gus uh, Gus Edwards? Or not, sorry, Gus Edwards. George Edwards. Gus Edwards is the running back for the Ravens. George Edwards, uh, who is currently on the Cowboys' defensive staff, never called plays before, but someone who is highly respected in that locker room. Does he do anything for you? I mean, the, the issue there, again, is that the defenses that I'm most familiar with George Edwards being involved in are cover two defenses. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's Zimmer, and it's – and it's it's. I mean, by cover two, I mean actually more like cover one and cover three. You know, so yeah. it's yeah. – it's, it's more of that kind of old traditional too. Now I think Zimmer's defenses have been good for a long time and he's consistently obviously calls a good game, but it's not, you know, this is not Zimmer. This is, this is the guy that worked for Zimmer who never called plays for Zimmer and has been with Nolan. I, I, yeah, I, I think he's a good, he's a great guy to have as your interim DC. If your DC gets fired, but I'm not like trying to necessarily promote him just because I, I, I just because I fired, and that's I guess where I'm at too. Like just to yeah. point that out, I, I don't, I'm not like fire Mike Nolan just to have Mike Nolan gone and then have George Edwards. Like that that doesn't make much sense. It's to not me an at upgrade all. at least yeah. to me. Right? So I want an upgrade on the situation. If they don't have an upgrade, then let's see what Nolan can do again next year. All right, just a couple more names. Yeah. Uh, Rod Marinelli. 
Uh, <laughs> is he? Is he uh, gonna? I'm sure he's gonna be available, right? I mean, yeah, he is available. I think. I mean, they haven't technically fired him yet with the Raiders, but I think he's available. Uh, so is Paul Gunther, who the Raiders fired uh, a little earlier. Before, uh, how about uh, how about another guy that's been fired? This one's actually intriguing. What about Don Brown from Michigan? Listen, I mean, I I stated it up front, and I think you're gonna get a lot of pushback from people, you know, that are Michigan fans or uh, that are Ohio State fans probably too, uh, yeah. because you know they'll, they'll they'll tell you that you know he's he's his defense has gotten worse since he's been in Michigan, and I don't think that anything that's going on in Michigan has has to do with nope. his play calling or his schemes. Nope. I think he's one of the best scheming coaches in football, and if you don't agree with me talk to other coaches talk to a lot of the defense mm-hmm. coordinators because he is very highly respected. I mean, anytime I go and I'm watching coaching videos or, or I'm reading or listening to podcasts for, you know, college coaches, high school coaches that are talking about what's new and what's, you know, schematically in football and what are, what are the colleges and high school teams doing to uh, stop RPOs to, uh, you know, incorporate match coverages in their, in their, in their schemes. Don Brown's a name that gets name dropped a lot, and and so mm-hmm. I I think if he is available, and I, I don't know what his, I mean I think he's a little bit older, so I'm not sure if he's like yeah. close to wanting yeah. to retire, but I, I I would at least see what he's what 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 the deal is there because I I mean I, I know I don't know what his experience is in the NFL, but I, I mean. I, I think he's incredible with designing schemes, and I certainly would be interested. Yeah, and the the number one guy that's on our target list right now is Vic Fangio, who is currently the Denver Broncos head coach. I don't think he gets fired, but it wouldn't be surprising if he's like on the market in 2022. And that's the guy that I, I want coaching this defense because I think he's one of the top two or three guys in the NFL at calling defenses. He's probably just not a head coach, and I think after he probably fails in Denver, he's probably always going to be a defensive coordinator for life, kind of like what Wade Phillips turned into. Uh, So that's the guy for me. Speaking of Wade Phillips, any interest in bringing him back? I I don't know. I mean, I just – I ultimately think – yes. I mean, I think I have some interest there, and, and, you know, if they think they can make that work, I guess I don't really know if that's necessarily an upgrade on on Mike Nolan at this point. But his defenses did get a little exposed the last couple of years when he was with the Rams. Well, like Sean McVay basically said, "Hey, we're good. We don't." They need got you stale, and and I, you know, I mean, kind yeah. of going to another guy, Brandon Staley, who I think might get another mm-hmm. a head coaching looks. I mean, he's a Vic Fangio uh, uh, disciple. Yeah. I, I think that's you know that's what you're looking for is an upgrade. If you find a young guy that's talented like Staley or something like that that's who you want to go for uh, um, yeah. but I, I don't know that there are a ton of those guys um, so I think that you yeah I mean you're looking at more veteran guys guys who are known DCs um, that that uh, you know are not necessarily have aspirations for a head coach because you know it'd be great to get somebody in here that would be interested in staying for a, a, a while you know and for, and, for Kellen Moore yeah exactly so <laughs> I, I think that would be I mean you know all joking uh, aside I think that would be really helpful for yeah. everybody involved Now, the last person I have to ask you about, and this one's not realistic at all. At least I don't think so. What about Sean Lee? I know it's a very popular thing on Twitter, having him go from uh, being a linebacker to a coach. And I think he's even mentioned becoming a coach before. But to jump from player to automatically being a defensive coordinator seems like a bit much. 
but it wouldn't be a total surprise if he ended up as like a linebacker coach somewhere, right? Oh, no. I mean, if anybody can do it, it's Sean Lee, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, outside of maybe Peyton Manning being an offensive coordinator when he retired, like – Sean Lee, I, I have no doubts like he could call the defense completely on his own. Uh, you know, my question, I think, with Sean Lee is what, what, what's what's his scheme? Like, what, what is what, what does he hang his hat on as a as a, as a it's probably a four three scheme. I, right? I would think so. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I but maybe not. Maybe, you know, he maybe, maybe he understands football at such a level that he has an appreciation for a type of football that he's not a fit for. You know, like, I mean, like they, you know, he's a longtime Steeler fan. Maybe he gets him into this three four uh, you know, attacking scheme. There you go. There's something there. Maybe I always have to bring up the Steelers somehow on this show. You love a, a you love tradition. him. You love it. Uh, stop it. Uh, last thing before we head out, do we see any other coaching changes on this team? I know some people like Bones Fossil. I thought his special teams were actually pretty good this year, all things considered. Do we see any other changes with positional coaches, or do you think for the most part uh, this coaching staff is set going into 2021? I think it's hard to say. I mean, honestly, I can't say that anything is set. You know, like, I I think if Mike McCarthy comes back, I think there's probably a good chance that Bones Fossil might be back, right? It, it is yeah. the, the, the special teams weren't terrible, and I mean, especially since no, I actually think they were good. I yeah. really they they created chunk plays in the kickoff game, which is something they haven't done before. Greg Zerline, outside of like one or two games, was pretty good. Yeah, they switched punters, and I actually think the new punter they brought in was better. Yeah, they just had people are going to get so hung up on two or three bad fake yeah. punts or whatever, and they're going to flip out. But for the most part, this is a really, really good unit. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, especially compared to what we were dealing with the year before. So I, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, the Cowboys don't necessarily need to make a change there, you know, just because I think that they have a decent special teams coach. I like that. He's willing to take risks. I, I like that the added element there. Um, so I, I think if, if McCarthy's back, there's probably a good chance that I would say that Bones Fossil is back. I, I would agree. Outside of that, last thing, outside of that, I, I say, can't imagine anybody else, yeah, right? Like no, 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 no. I don't see anybody coach, moving. Maybe? I, don't, I, think, eh. I think that's it. Uh, last thing I wanted to mention before we move on, Joe Philbin was the team's offensive line coach this year. Considering all their injuries and some of the guys they were playing, I really don't think he did a bad job at all. Uh, what were your just 30-second takeaways from Philbin in his first year with the Cowboys? I thought that, you know, yeah, it was an incredibly difficult task, and he had one of the mo- most difficult tasks, right? I mean, he came into a, a, a room that had three all pros in it and, and a fourth guy that was, you know, growing into that kind of level player mm-hmm. uh, and, and had just lost the center, right? Uh, and basically, at some, by the end of the season, every single one of those all, uh, pro bowlers was gone. And so, uh, I mean, I think that the, the, the idea that, you know, look, we, we may disagree on the evaluation on some of the players early on, but I think that also was, a, uh, 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 something that happened because of training camp and a lack of evaluation time. Uh, I think that they should have moved uh, 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 Brandon, Knight, Brandon Knight back to no Knight to tackle sooner oh, than no. they did early in the season when they were insisting that he was just a guard and we were playing with even further <laughs> lesser tackles than a hurt Brandon Knight. Um, but I, I, you know, look, he was able to get this team through uh, with a, an incredible lack of talent uh, at tackle and at guard at different points, and and I think that um, I, I'm certainly he is certainly one that more than maybe anybody else in this team uh, deserves another shot at, at depending c- considering what happened oh, this year yeah. in his room. 
Yeah, when you go back and you think about all the offensive line injuries the Cowboys had, it's actually unbelievable that they were able to be top 16 in scoring yeah. and that Andy Dalton and these quarterbacks weren't just getting killed on every play. Uh, I'll, let's do it really quickly. Tyron Smith missed 14 games. Lyle Collins missed 16 games. Your center retired in the offseason. Zach Martin played, what, 10, 12 games and really was never 100% healthy all year. Cam Irving, your swing tackle, only played a couple games. Brandon Knight got hurt. Uh, you had your you, Tyler Biotish got hurt. Yep. Joe Looney got hurt at one point. Connor Williams was banged up. You were playing Connor McGovern. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely insane the number of injuries and different combinations they had. And yet there were games where they scored 30 and 40 points. So uh, you got to tip your hat to, to Philbin. And I think with a full offseason, getting some of these guys back and maybe even adding another yeah. offensive tackle in there, I think this can be a top 10, 12 unit uh, once again next season. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.